Welcome to Investing Switzerland, a frequent podcast on the considerations and learnings every new investor needs to take to start investing. In today's episode, Santiago walks me through the process of selecting and buying an ETF. We consider the different tickers and listings so that I'm comfortable enough to buy and diversify my portfolio in the future. But first, we briefly discuss the reasons the global economy has experienced some volatility in the last weeks and dissect some of the financial terms used to describe these movements. Probably confusing a lot of people um, if they buy their first ETF. So ETFs, that's a little bit the problem with ETFs. They can have the same ticker, the same ISINs, but they're listed on multiple stock exchanges. And as you can see as well, the one traded in Milano is actually in euros and the one uh, traded in Switzerland is actually in US dollars. Ah. You don't want to have the one in euro, first of all. Um, you want to have US stocks in US dollars. You don't want to have... Can you explain have... Hey Santi, uh, fourth episode. I'm pleased to say we have a bear in our hands at the moment because it's a bit of a different session. We're recording in the evening instead of the morning. Um, so that's sort of uh, explanation to the, the listeners if I end up slurring my words, but I don't think that'll happen. Um, <laughs> you know, fourth episode, uh, well, fourth recording, a lot's happened. We've set, set ourselves up. Uh, we've looked at the different platforms. We've looked at um, the different options that are available and we've even started investing and now I've got I think something like 3,000 invested in Swiss quotes and a few thousand also invested in, in, in true, true wealth so the robo advisor but what we're really interested in is the more active investing right so I've been paying a lot more attention to Swiss quote I've spent way too much time on it already more than I'd <laughs> expected the screen time is already up on Swiss quote exactly okay. exactly okay. I think Instagram's declined and Swiss <laughs> that's a good trend <laughs> no definitely but mostly because this the, this last two weeks have been quite interesting I mean mm -hmm. also concerning right at some point I was down 80 francs uh, whatever oh, that boy. means oh. but now I check today and I'm back I'm, I'm somehow 12 12 francs in the green <laughs> So it's working, you know, this thing's working, but I, I really okay. had to hold on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really want to understand what's going on. I've come across a whole bunch of terms that I don't understand. And I think we'll get into that next. Mm -hmm. But yeah, can you explain sort of what's been going on in the market at the moment? I mean, yeah. Sure. So I think a little bit, um, uh, maybe the background of what's happening last one or two weeks We've seen a little bit more volatility coming into the market. So meaning uh, the, the, the ups and downs in the market are a bit more exaggerated than they used to be. I think most of the new investors are just used to markets going up, 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 and maybe sometimes even to the moon. Uh, <laughs> but mainly, mainly, you know, we're used to a steady, steady um, going up markets, especially in the tech stocks. And I think that's also the, the area where we see the biggest decline or the biggest volatility in the last couple of weeks is, is the tech stocks and specifically the NASDAQ as an index. Um, we see this because there is some, uh, let's say, uncertainty around uh, the 10-year yield specifically, so in general, the US, US yields. 
Um, so as you might know, we're coming out of a pandemic uh, this year. Uh, hopefully we're going to open up soon. Um, so the economy is going to open up. Uh, we're all going back to restaurants. We're all going back to amusement parks. We're all going back out to uh, vacations. We're going to book vacations. We're going to travel again. Um, and this creates a little bit of uncertainty to what this means to inflation. And inflation, very short, inflation is basically uh, if you if you pay one Swiss franc for a, a loaf of bread today, the next day it's two Swiss francs. Uh, that's kind of in a very, a very basket short... basket of goods. A basket of goods. Yeah. That's usually how inflation is measured. Um, if the prices are going up for something, and that's, that's considered inflation. Why are we expecting inflation? Well, we're expecting inflation because during that pandemic, some uh, hotels had to close, some amusement parks had to close. Hotels, uh, parks, any kind of these entertainment things which got closed last week, they lost money, they probably had to close shop. And that means the supply on the side of, you know, hotels, amusement park, restaurants is diminishing and thereby um, they will be able to price um, that service this year higher. And, and this plus uh, increased demand because we did not spend that money last year will lead to higher prices and potentially potentially so, inflation. Now, coming back to the yield, yes. So the one... The return. No, the yield on the, on the, on the 10-year treasury. This is kind of... So the, the, the reason why the yield is going up is because the market is expecting that the Fed, so the, the US Fed, which is the, you know, the, the main uh, financial uh, regulator, or not regulator, but the instrument, what's the right word? You know what I mean? In the US, um, they are expected to raise uh, their uh, to, to hike the rates earlier than expected in order to combat inflation. What do you mean by rates? You're, you're not talking about taxes. So the Federal Reserve in the US, um, one of their measurements to um, control the economy, uh, not to control, but to manage kind of manage the economy, um, economic growth um, is the yields on the US dollar You rates. have to explain yields. Yeah, it's getting <laughs> complicated, you see. Yeah. Um, but in short, 10-year yields, they're going up because people expect the, the recovery after this crisis to be much, much faster than yeah. we anticipated. Uh, the rates going up means higher financing costs for companies and specifically for, for tech companies, specifically for high-growth companies. So what you see now in the markets with yields going up, Tech stocks are getting hammered because their uh, their costs on on their um, how they got financed in the in the past is going up with yields going up. Okay, uh, and that that has an effect on on the Nasdaq. Nasdaq mainly being the the this the index for tech stocks, uh, biotech, and things like that. Yeah, that's what you see in the market. This uncertainty, a shift, uh, a rotation. When when we talk about rotation, you know, money managers they always need to place the money somewhere. This money is now or seems to be going into value stocks, into more defensive, boring stocks, you know, stable businesses, you know, Disney's companies like that um, and out of tech stocks, out of the Apples, out of the Google. Because the, the tech high flyers. We mentioned this in, in a previous episode that it was the tech stocks that were really performing super well. Mm -hmm. And they're sort of the top performing companies of the, say, the S&P, right? Because mm -hmm. you've got Apple in there, you've got... Facebook, you've got Google, whatever it is. 
Um, and so these people were investing in these because these this was the future during a pandemic and lockdown. So the interest is now coming out of that um, to an extent, but it, that's where the, 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 the downward sort of <coughs> trends we're seeing is coming. But so j just to recap a bit, so it's not that... Maybe let me quickly touch on that point again uh, as well, because that's the, that's the second reason. Um, there's a lot of, or people are now thinking about the growth companies a little bit different than last year. Last year, they were the companies that profited from the pandemic. They had enormous growth because we had to digitalize everything. You know, we had to buy computers, we had to buy servers, we had to buy cloud infrastructure, Spending whatever more time you mean. Online. Yeah, so they, they had big growth. And now the second concern is that this year, if we're, if we're going back to our less digital into our analog lives, um, the growth that they had last year is probably not repeatable. So, Think so about sell, sell, sell tech stocks. Yeah, that's a concern. I mean, buy hotel chains and tourism companies. <laughs> no, but that's a that's a serious concern. I mean, think about the companies like Zoom. We, I think we briefly yeah. touched on that. Zoom is not going to grow like this this year. Um, yeah. Think about companies like Peloton. You know, mm. this uh, virtual home, home, home trainer thing. I yeah. mean, are you really going to buy? Dude, I can't wait to spend time outside. Exactly. So no. <laughs> exactly. But um, okay, but but so what we're experiencing that makes a lot of sense to me because I also thought, hey, maybe this is like a delayed ripple effect, <clears throat> and to an extent this is. But our economy is not going to go into shock. I mean, it's difficult for you to say you're not an economist, but you know what I it, what what you're saying makes total sense. But it's not some like we've been pretending that the economy is doing fine and you know actually shit's about to go crazy right now. That that's I mean it's difficult for you to say I know but I think uh, I just want that was something that was on my mind. <clears throat> it's not it's not really been discussed in in the news and I'm sure you know great economists at UBS and the mm -hmm. likes will have picked this up. But I think mo most economists will talk about this um, pumped up demand. You'll hear that phrase often. Um, you see it also that a lot of a lot of um, households has has have actually been saving a lot of money. Of actually paying back debt. What you might say is a lot of liquidity <clears throat> in the market. Exactly. So there's there's a lot of spending power, as they like to call it. Uh, so actually, most economists they 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 expect people to run out and spend that money yeah. as fast as they can. And I, I can see that happening. You know, mm -hmm. who knows? Maybe we've learned new ways. But uh, we are we love to yeah. to enjoy the good life, don't we? <laughs> hey, so I I came across this term. Um, and maybe we touched on it, but I've never heard it before. And, and, and before we talk about, you know, the experience of, of buying it, this is probably my, my last question, um, unless you have anything else. But I came across this term, tech stocks par losses as Fed looks dovish to investors. I'll repeat that. Tech stocks par losses as Fed looks dovish to investors. What does that mean? <laughs> Is that where, did you, where did you read it? It makes sense. I think it was. Uh, I was trying to figure out what was going on, and 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 you know, when I saw, you know, I was down significantly <laughs> on my investments, but and then I just started to look around a bit, and and I think it was a headline or something. Like so that. the parallels is clear, right? So basically, we're down a lot, and now they they kind of kind of the losses okay. are not as accelerated anymore. Okay, and so they stopped the their losses. Yeah, or I mean, it, it stopped going down as much. Yeah, exactly. And cool. and with the Fed looking dovish, um, what that means is, <clears throat> well, let me start a little bit earlier because Wall Street 
or market participants in general, they they look at every word and then every you know at every sentence the Fed uh, chairman Jay Powell, uh, Jeremy Powell, is saying. Um, and there's a there's you know every word he's saying basically it can be taken dovish or it can be taken hawkish, and those two terms kind of define how. Uh, the market is in, uh, is is reading his and uh, is reading what he's going to do next. So when we say um, uh, Jay Powell is, is looking dovish, that means he doesn't want to you know be too quick in raising rates. So because that's the instrument he has, he can raise the the, the, the U.S. dollar rates, thereby um, you know slowing down growth, or he can lower the rates, meaning he can accelerate growth by by more. Um, uh, there's more. So he's sort there. of in an observation so, mode. Yeah. So or, or, the other way around, the market is observing him, and and when he says something, mm. he can he can ah. he can sound dovish, he can sound hawkish. Hawkish would that mean, oh, he's gonna he's gonna uh, increase the rates. He's gonna raise. Uh, that but means that has no relationship because I love the concept bear and bull market, which you know, I took me a while, like many years ago, to wrap my head around. I think. You know, it's it's sort of uh, you know uh, we can maybe talk about that at some other I mean, point. In, but in it's, it's similar. I mean, it's also a, a kind of a term from the animal world. But dovish, uh, in short, dovish means he's supportive for the market yeah. because he's gonna pump up even more. You know, I he's see. gonna okay. you know he's gonna yeah. basically be supportive for the for the stock market yeah. and the overall economy. Hawkish. He's going to, you know, Cut calm it down, down a little bit yeah. down, and, and he's gonna it, slow it, down the. the it, it matches the personalities of the birds. Exactly. Cool. All right. Yeah. What else did you learn? Specs. Yeah, specs is a big one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, first of all, for me, because I'm really interested in this whole discussion around access to like new forms of investing, right? Um, I listen to the Economist a lot, so you know, specs is something they've been discussing, um, both because it's a new form of IPO or bringing businesses to um, the public mm -hmm. and investment into those businesses businesses but also because it's really peaking i mean as i understand it really took off when um it was it richard uh branson's like virgin galactic it was one ran of the first like ones, yeah. one of the first official ones because it's been around for a while but mm -hmm. no one took it seriously because it's a bit shady and then they they seem to have done it and now there's this whole like i would say mania but you know i do think that there's something interesting going on here and i would love to have the opportunity to to look at those, you know, early on like IPOs or especially those tech IPOs, you know, God, if I was had Swissquote and I bought Facebook, you know, when it when it IPO'd or Google or whatever it is, you know, I'd be set now. Mm -hmm. But maybe this is what's going on in Specs a bit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, in short, Specs uh, stands for Special Purpose Acquisition Company. Um, it's a new form of going public. It's uh, it's a much faster way of going public, and I think that's where this trend is coming from. Um, you know, Silicon, I mean, it really comes from the Silicon Valley and, and that, you know, Silicon Valley companies, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to deal with Wall Street bankers, investment bankers and going through this whole process of IPOing. You know, it's going to take them 18 months or 12 months. I mean, who knows? Their company is going to be different in, in that time, right? So what they're looking for is alternatives. Um, we've seen it this year, uh, last year already with, uh, with companies like Spotify. They didn't do an IPO process. What they actually did is uh, they went straight um, to, a, to a direct listi listing. Um, so that's something to go to go public. Uh, and the other version now that it really is emerging is is going public via SPAC. 
And, um, you know, it cuts down your IPO process and dealing with Wall Street bankers from 12 to 18 months to something like three to six months. And you, you know, you, you find uh, a, a group of investors, you find an, a, a spec, a guy who sets you, sets you, sets up a spec for you. And then you, you know, you go public Super and cool. you, you have clarity on what the price is going to be on yeah. your, on your company, because, um, Another issue I think a lot of Silicon Valley founders have is that if they go the traditional way, the IPO, that they often leave a lot of chips on the on the table. Um, and now, I mean, we are opening a whole Pandora's box, but if you're IPOing and, and you, you know, when the stock IPOs and you see this pop of 100% on the first day, well, somebody did something wrong because that's not how it's supposed exactly. to be. Exactly, yeah. It makes it makes me think of Wolf of Wall Street and how he got <laughs> oh, into penny no, no, no. stocks and uh, all this sort of thing. And that maybe SPACs is a new thing like that. But it, yeah, let, look, the, in the end, I think good to know what's going on, but probably not something I'm going to start investing in right away. No, but I mean, it's high risk. SPACs are high risk. I mean, SPACs are the democratization of venture capital. That's what it is. I think it's a, a space to watch, right? Yeah. And and maybe there might we might discover a uh, like a, a news aggregate or someone that's you know um, informing us of, of upcoming spacs. But there's already um, an ETF, by the way. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Well, we should maybe do an episode on that at some point. Love to be involved in some serious IPOs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, probably time to uh, you know transition into the next phase. What do you say? Yeah. Let's do that. Cool. All right. Well, how's, how's your portfolio going, by the way? You started, yeah. you started investing. So you mentioned already up and down 80 bucks. 20 yeah, bucks. exactly. Exactly. You know, I have so many questions. So, <laughs> dude, I'm so glad we're doing this because without this effort, like without this, I would be so lost. Um, but yeah, you know, like for me, uh, we've gotten to the point of um, setting up, you know, I would say a really basic uh uh, uh self-managed portfolio right so i've done Good. the basic uh, um basic um <clears throat> diversification so i've bought a few etfs um don't know how that happened because it's a really complicated process and i'd like to go into that with you um and i'm going to take one example but yeah i've got a few different geo geographical sort of locations um, what do you mean? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, so I've, I've, we've got the a little bit with the markets. Exactly. So I've got the S and P. I've got the um, uh, emerging economies. I've got emerging markets. Emerging yeah. markets. That's <clears> the one. <throat> sorry. Um, and I've got the uh, Swiss Stock Exchange and the um, top fifty companies in New Zealand. Okay. I, I, it sounds really unprofessional, but hey, that's how how I see it. Anyway, um, some are in the green. One's in the red. One's in the grey. But. Uh, <laughs> But look, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the um, the S and P as an example because you suggested an uh, an ETF. So I, I jumped into my app. Um, I searched for this ETF. Um, so it's the S uh, sorry <coughs> CSSPX. Okay, so I gave you a, a ticker. A ticker. Uh, I gave you a Please, ticker. Please, that's where we are, what we have to learn, first of all, a ticker. <laughs> so, I mean, a ticker is a form of identification of, a, of an asset, right? Um, so, I gave you a ticker. Ticker is oftentimes one of the most accurate ways of getting to the right thing, especially when we talk about ETFs. There's also ISINs, which is kind of this identification thing um, for this, this longer number. You usually see like CH, blah, 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 blah. That's another thing, but... 
okay, let's get, okay. I gave you the ticker, you search for the ticker, then what? Then what happened? Exactly. So, um, you know, we're looking at pretty much just investing in, in the S&P 500. Yeah. And I think I put in a thousand or something like that. So the you know? CS, SPX, maybe short, it's the, it's a ticker for the iShares Core S&P 500. Okay in US dollars and it's also accumulating it's an accumulating ETF that's yeah. why I like it okay and iShares is a, a management an ETF manager and I think it's BlackRock right iShares is, is a brand name of BlackRock's ETF line yes fantastic cool so then I put this in and I get two options I get one based on six which is the Swiss um, stock exchange yeah. stock exchange and the second one's Italian so and they have two different prices. So that that's sort of at first where I got confused and I had to look at both to figure out, you know, mm -hmm. actually um, it's the Swiss stock exchange. What What's the two differences there? Are they the same thing? They have different prices, but they have the same ticker. So they, it's, oh, it's, I mean, this is really good because that's probably confusing other people um, if they buy their first ETF. So ETFs, that's a little bit the problem with ETFs. They can have the same ticker, the same ISINs, but they're listed on multiple stock exchanges. And as you can see as well, the one traded in Milano is actually in euros and the one uh, traded in Switzerland is actually in US dollars. Ah. You don't want to have the one in euro, first of all. Um, you want to have US stocks in US dollars. You don't want to have- Can you explain have... that? Yeah, I mean, it's just, um, you know, iShares decided to list um, to list those e that ETF, the same, it's the same fund, by the way, first of all, it's the yeah. same fund, you're not, like I buying see, a different okay. but the listing the listing is in a different currency you don't want to have the euro one because that's just adds another layer of like yeah you, you don't, yeah. You don't I, just want to yeah. have another currency in between right you all it's good enough to yeah. have dollars and, and swiss francs and you want to make sure that you're buying as close as possible to the currency of the market that you're buying so in this example you have the ashes course edf uh, i shares or S&P 500 traded in Switzerland, traded in dollars. So that's good. So, that's what so you want. any ETFs I look at in the future, I'm only going to be focused on those ETFs if they're based in, you know, as close to home as possible. I mean, example, the, the Euro stocks, you know, the, the Euro stocks 50, it's the index yeah. of the 50 biggest European companies. You want to trade that in Euro. Um, mm. the, the, the SMI. So it's not about Swiss where market. I'm based. No, no, it's no. about where the fund, the, the, the ETF is based. No, or even more detailed, you have to look at what is this market? What is this index? What kind of companies are in there? So the Eurostox 50, obviously there's a lot of European and they're already traded in Euro, those companies in that ETF. So yeah, same goes for the dollar or the, the S&P 500. These are all US companies. They're all traded in dollars. You want to make sure to buy the fund in dollars. Okay. The SMI, Swiss companies traded in Swiss franc. You want to buy the Swiss franc right. denominated ETF. Okay. ETF. Now, um, iShares probably does that because in Italy, the Italians want to buy the, the ETF yeah. in Euro yeah. because, you know, they don't want to deal with the dollars maybe. Yeah. But in Switzerland, they're more sophisticated investors. Sorry. Ooh, shots Oof. fired. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they want to well, buy the yeah. dollars. Yes, you get the idea. Cool. All right. So, so make sure uh, the other thing, sorry, I forgot that. Um, also, depending on where you trade it, you might have different brokerage commissions. So also important. But where you do we buy, see that? Is that on the next layer? Because you would I have say questions. this once you input the order, you will see it. Okay. But okay. just in short, most Swiss-based brokers or Swiss platforms 
like Swissquote, Postfinance, uh, Saxo Bank, the Giro, whatever the name is, they usually have preferential rates on the Swiss stock market. So in cool. um, uh, trading on the six, yeah, um, in, with Swissquote, I think it, it's quite it makes sense. If it's super super cheap actually to buy the ETF, so makes complete sense. All right, so you know somehow I figured out that I mean I figured out that you know Swiss stock. I, I, I took that uh, step. Um, and I, I jumped in there and then I was hit by a, a green, uh, what you might call um, constant growth, which is very encouraging um, chart. chart of okay. performance, um, but then a ton of numbers. So mm-hmm. some of those were bid, ask, volume bid and ask, low, high, low. So the, I mean, we probably don't have time to go through all of them, but what, what are the key things I need to consider um, when I'm, you know, when I, I've selected that ETF and I'm looking, I mean, I'm buying this because you've told me to buy this. So in the future, I might be like, you know, I want to, I want to buy this. Um, but yeah, so, so. Is there anything specific there I need to consider? I mean, for example, volume, is that the number of shares? Traded on, on the day, yeah. Okay. Um, honestly, you know, th- this is a little bit of a problem with brokerage platforms like Swissquote. They sometimes show you way too much data that might even confuse you and that you don't really need. Uh, so in this case, you might not really be interested in open and close. You might not really be interested in the low and highs. Um, what you're rec- interested in, what you are interested in is probably just a bid and ask. The bid and ask gives you an indication on how liquid it is or how li- you know mm-hmm. how, how big the spread is in mm-hmm. between the buy price and the sell price. And, and that's pretty much it. Uh, maybe you want to care about, yeah, maybe you also care about the dividend, but not in this case. What, what is the dividend? Well, the dividend is, is in an, for an ETF, it's basically the, the yearly yield or the yearly you know, kind of payout that you get uh, from all the aggregated companies in that fund. So okay. if it's if you just look at Nestle, it's three yeah. percent yield. If you buy Nestle stocks every year, you get three percent in dividends cash. Okay, but for this one, it shows me zero. So, so what's that mean? That means in this case, because you choose or I gave you the ticker of the accumulating ETF, um, there's no payout of that dividend. The dividends of the companies in that ETF are being reinvested directly. Ah, perfect. So that's so whatever that's, I make on this, it just goes back into yeah, exactly. it. Wicked. That's, that's what I want because that's, want. That, that's less work really. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean <laughs> yes. cool. Um so then you hit trade and that's that's exactly what I do. Yeah. And then I'm hit by a whole bunch of other questions. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> but I guess this is all the process of starting, right? So when I when I do that, I've got, you know, the bid and ask price, which you yep. mentioned, which was the important one. You've got the order type, which includes uh, limit market stop stop limit <clears throat> yeah so we go with limit um obviously the market which we discussed before which is mm-hmm. the swiss stock exchange or six then you have the quantity and the option to say how much you want so you yeah. know in this case i took four um and i had a limit and this is yep. where it got a bit confusing for me and then the validity <clears throat> which i understand is connected to the limit yeah okay maybe Order type. Um, I like to do limit orders always because then I control where I buy it. Um, you know, ETFs, stocks, bonds, whatever you buy on the market, they move throughout the day. Um, maybe you have a certain view on where you want to buy it throughout the day, or maybe you don't really care because you're such a long-term investor that, you know, I'm buying today. I don't care at what price. Then you just hit, then you do a market price. So when you do a market order type market, 
you're sure to get it. You'll get it at the price that is right now being traded. If you do limit, you can set the price at where you want to buy with the risk of you're never buying. Um, yeah, that's so in short. So you that makes sense, yeah. right? So I, it's really complicated for me because the easiest thing for me would to be to, to instead of hit limit is just it's to go market, market and then exactly. I, I buy at the current price, right? Yeah. Um, but obviously you're a bit more sophisticated, so you know your stuff. Mm -hmm. What what can you expect? Like, can, <clears throat> does it fluctuate at uh, you know, I mean, I'm only buying four shares at the same time, right? So what, what's a dollar or a franc, you know? Um, yeah, I agree. And in the long run, it doesn't yeah. really matter. <laughs> I honestly do, do market order. I mean, I, I do limit order with ETFs, which are uh, not as liquid. So, but do you... do it makes sense. So, it's, look, so take... We're, we're talking like figuratively or imagine an imaginal sort of circumstances. And what I'm about to say is going to sound really dumb to someone that knows what they're talking about, right? So, um, so at, at present, the um, CSSPX, so the ETF that represents the S&P, is valued at $394.10. Um, I'm going to buy four... Uh, However, I have a feeling that some terrible shit's about to happen in mm. the US and I'm going to buy this at 350. Um that's so the limit price? That's my limit yeah. price, 350, so that's $45 uh, lower yeah. than the current um bid price. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm going to say look, this is going to happen in a in a week or two, mm -hmm. you know? So it's going to something terrible is going to happen, right? Um, so are you basically preparing yourself? Exactly. Like, I don't know. Maybe I have some inside information. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Obviously not, right? But, but, uh, <laughs> but you know, say that that's the case. And, yep. and that's why I would do that, yes. right? If I buy a specific company, you know, I may know that, you know, um, the tsunami is going to hit uh, Japan and the Olympics but, but don't, is going to fall. Forget, if you know it, everybody knows it. So it's no... Uh, exactly. So an, an insider information. But, so then, is, then, uh, but that's what I'm trying to say. To why don't we just buy at market price? <clears throat> yeah, uh, that doesn't sure. justify... I agree. But you, you like... It's it's sort of like... So if I'm at a, a market and I see a, a picture I really like and I want to haggle, that's what you're doing. You're having some fun out of being like, cool, that was fun. <laughs> Right? Yeah, kind of. Cool. You're getting a <laughs> kick out of it. Okay. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, yeah, those are the big questions for me. You've answered Validity, you keep it valid for um, one week, one month, and you hit buy, and then your order is placed and uh, waiting for... You know, returns. Mark, no, Great no, returns. No, first, first, you're waiting for execution, right? You're waiting the price to go down to the limit, the order is executed, and then you're in. Then you can, yeah, returns, yes. <laughs> Cool. I mean, I feel like we've covered a lot here um, already. So I, I, I feel trades. so much better now. Yeah. I'm going to, I can tell you for perhaps even the next session, I'm, I'm going to look at a few other things, but I think I need to diversify a bit more. Uh, right? That's a good point. So, yeah, I mean, right now you have how many? Show me your portfolio. I've got uh, four ETFs out of. And one is kind of a, a darling investment, as we like to call it. Your, this New Zealand Your one. New Zealand <laughs> India. It's probably the only person. Hey, there. for a long time, that was the only one that was performing. <clears throat> of course. So. But yeah, so next step, I mean, three ETFs. It depends on what kind of ETF they are. But what do you mean? There's four. There's New Zealand. There's four, four <laughs> ETFs. I mean, it depends a little bit on what kind of ETF they are. But you probably need to diversify even sure. more because you just of have... Course, right now, course. you only have equity ETFs and you yeah. might want to buy one or two 
different asset classes into your portfolio as well. So now, equity ETFs, equity being stock oriented, stocks. you're talking about bonds or? Fixed income bonds, that would be okay. another asset class. Yeah. Currency? No. Oh, okay, cool. That would just be your normal account. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so next step is um, finding some Finding actually a strategy. Now, you know, in the very second episode, we talked about goals, strategy, finding a balanced investment strategy or finding a, a strategy that suits your investment goals and needs. Now, how do you do that? I mean, we talked about um, your age uh, minus 10 uh, gives you your bond allocation. So uh, 28, almost 29. So let's, let's go take 19. 20. Let's take 20. Yeah. <laughs> so so 30 minus 10, 20. So what do you need in your portfolio is 20% bonds. Okay. Right. If, you, if you want to follow that strategy yeah. Yeah. on how to simply build a portfolio, yeah. let's do that. So you in your portfolio, you need 20% bonds. Now, there's different ways to now find the right ETFs to, uh, to, to invest in fixed income and bonds. Um, I like a tool which is, we're not sponsored by them yet, but um, it is, it's a tool which is, or web page uh, it's called justetf.com just justetf.com just cool. uh, super easy you know you go on there you you say where you live um, because that kind of is relevant because not all ETFs can be bought in every country because they're not registered to buy to be bought in that country some regulatory stuff so you go on just ETF you input what kind of investor you are where you're from and then it's it's literally um, you know, it's a buffet of ETFs where you can find all kind of different asset classes, all kind of different markets, indices, strategies, even like smart beta ETFs. You I find feel everything overwhelmed in there. already. No, but you don't have to be because <clears throat> next thing you're gonna do is you you're gonna do you're gonna hit search and you're gonna search for a fixed income or bond ETF, and you want to look for a you want to look for a bond ETF or a fixed income ETF that is covering <clears throat> the US dollar uh, mainly because, or why am I saying this as a Swiss investor? Well, the franc it's, is... a Swiss franc is not going to yield anything. It's not worth, I mean, to get just the, the brokerage fees out, you have to wait like three months to, I mean, just don't do it. Just don't buy any Swiss franc or euro bond ETFs. It's useless. Okay. Look for the dollar that's a really That's a really good point. So I, I don't understand it completely, but the message <laughs> is clear. Buy US bond ETFs. Mm -hmm. Sure, you have a little bit of US dollar risk, but you know the US dollar being just the main currency of the world. I don't know, okay. man. China China's not far behind. But let's yeah. not get too complicated, right? We're not economists. I think I, based on your advice, based on the fact that I'm in the green now, that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> We, we we're going to add a disclaimer. I yeah. think it's the there first, is, first time. Just so you uh, know, we learned we have listen, to add a disclaimer. Those of you anyway. who are listening, uh, there's a disclaimer at the end. So justetf.com or .de, justetf.com, you'll find it. You can search for fixed income ETF, US dollar. You want to look for corporate bond ETF. Um, and there's one. Um, there's one, I mean, if you get started with just 20% or 10% of your portfolio, you just buy one of them. You don't have to diversify even within the fixed income world. Just just buy the, um, the ticker is LQDE. 
uh, this is not investment advice, just Google for a corporate no, bond ETF. You're, what you're doing is advising me right now because yes. I don't know where to start and this is sort of, a, I'm a guinea pig. So yes. um, that, that's what we're doing and, and that's what I need to do. So that's, also, you're also saying get familiar with just ETF yep. as a way to, to learn about different ETFs. Absolutely. So on there, you'll find this ETF or you might, you'll find many other fixed income ETFs. And that's what this page is about. Just ETF is about comparing ETFs from different uh, providers like iShares, like Spider, uh, like UBS, you know, like Vanguard, all those guys um, that provide ETFs, they're on there or their, their products are listed there. You can compare them on costs. Costs are important. We talked about it. Um, you can compare about on, on costs. You can compare on performance, on composition. It's a really cool tool to compare ETFs to each other. And I think we're going to have a whole other episode on just how to thoroughly analyze what kind of ETF, what to look out for. Maybe that's what we need to do next time. So what yeah. I'm going to do is take your advice mm -hmm. and I'm going to go and look at just ETF and start to yeah. compare and throw a few things around. Obviously, I have no bonds at the moment. I'm only in equities. So I've only bought into, you know, uh, stocks and that sort of thing. Um, so what we can do is come back and, and talk about that and yeah. talk about some of the things that I didn't know. I mean, what to, look, what to look out for on when you when you compare those ETFs. We should actually throw up the, the page of just ETF and, and walk you through it. The next thing you want to do on just ETF is, and that's a really cool feature actually, you can build a portfolio and you can build a portfolio with all the ETFs that, you know, across the asset class, across that sectors, I have across, or that I'd like that you to already have. have or you want to have. Yeah, cool. I mean, basically you can construct the portfolio of ETFs that you, that, that cool. is your target picture that gives you an idea of how cool. diversified you are, what kind of products you have. And so if then I you come have across something because a friend's talking about it, or yeah. if I read about it in the news, might say, hey, that I just want to watch that for a few weeks. I can pop that in. You can there. build build your portfolio cool. up there. It's kind of your plan, you know, your master plan, how to build it. And this is what you'd get with a wealth manager. I guess that's the work they're doing, right? Uh, so they're they're yep. work, they're working on building this, and they put a lot of effort and energy into it. You know, depending on the type of invest yeah. you are, but this is uh, sort of the research and the effort. So it's not just about buying stuff; it's about learning and, and building, constructing. Things. Yes, I mean, of course, they would do a little bit more, but I mean, uh, sure, you know, sure. you 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 get you get eighty ninety percent of the service, not the service, but of the on the performance potentially if you do it this way. Um, and just ETF is really it's a cool tool. Build your portfolio, and um, you can even monitor it. They, I think, on the free plan, they even allow you to to monitor it or at least one portfolio. You cannot have more than one. Next thing you want to look um, or another tool that is that is really nice to look at a stock or look at a bond or look at an ETF or whatever it is, is Yahoo Finance. I, I use Yahoo Finance a lot to just, you know, get real time prices on ETFs, on stocks, anything. Yeah, that these are kind Thank of the, my two main platforms to, to get started. And um, Fantastic. Thanks, Santi. So I think next, uh, until the next episode, I will be building my, uh, my, um, Just my ETF. virtual, yeah, my virtual portfolio. Um, and, and I think we can discuss that, but I think we, we also had a question about the, the available platforms and we probably don't have the time or the effort, uh, the effort the it would just be a mess because there's so many out there, but mm -hmm. there is a question about the available like platforms out there. Obviously in my case, which we talk about, we're talking about Swiss quote. 
You should um, get paid by Swiss Coins. I know, yeah. But maybe at some point we'll switch to one of the others. Um, you know, so, good, good point. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe they offer us a good rate or something. Exactly. But there are so many out there. So maybe you want to touch on the other platforms because it's not right to be biased. We're using SwissQuote because that, that sort of seems to be the right one out there. But there's a lot of good platforms yeah. out there. But what are the others out there? So really up to all those that are listening to consider based on their own interest. So we're talking about the people who want to manage it themselves, right? We're talking about this kind of no longer robo advisors. Yeah. You you you're doing you you're gonna probably like me. I thought I was gonna check in once a week. I'm looking daily, daily right now. Man, yeah, course. exactly. Dude, so, but I'm I'm interested in it because <laughs> I'm I'm asking myself questions. Yeah. But yeah, it's absolutely. You may not be buying stocks daily. Perhaps once a month, maybe twice a month, but you're at least sort of looking around and you. you it's right. engaging. That's exactly. why we do this. I mean, that's that's why we we see this trend in self-directed investors, and you know, you know, <laughs> you know, the whole social media social media mania with with buying stocks and investing. I mean, it's engaging. It's you know, that's why I don't use robots because they're usually boring. But yeah, so the, we're talking about the person who want to manage um, his portfolio of ETFs or even you know one or two stocks in there. Themselves, they're looking for low cost because again, low costs are important, not just with uh, product cost, but also with uh, with the brokerage cost. Um, so these kind of people like you and me, Orlando, um, we we want to look for those platforms like Swissquote in Switzerland. We mentioned a couple of times. They're just I mean, the rates are attractive. They're not the cheapest out there either, um, but. They're easy to use. Um, I it's like a the bank. user experience. It's not a broker. It's a bank, by the yeah. way. I think that was for me kind of a, a thing as well that I wanted to have a bank and not just a broker. Um, there's PostFinance. PostFinance, you know. Sure. Kind yeah. of, but they also do this? They, well, the funny thing is PostFinance. Because they're a bank as well, right? Yeah. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> not really. Um, PostFinance is, is actually also offering this and the funny thing is they're using the Swiss quote platform they just skin it yellow yellow okay. blackish and Ouch. but it's actually Swiss quote in background um, but also obviously thereby very attractive rates and you know Swiss bank um, not not Swiss bank but um, they're, they're kind of a secure place to do it um, PostFinance yes um, then there's Saxo Bank which is actually super attractive um, interesting but very much tilted to to FX traders. Oh, they have, okay. they have a history for FX being Forex, being yeah. currency. Currency traders. Interesting. Really? They, they are also the bank behind True Wealth. So that, is that true? A, I think yeah. it's Basel Cantonal Bank. Uh, yeah. And, okay. and then it's, uh, it's, so you have two options. You can either go with Saxo or, or the okay. Basel with True Wealth. So they're, that's the, they're the broker, not the bank mm. in that case. Well, okay. So Saxo Bank as well. Uh, also, Actually, Foutset uh, is the Vermögenszentrum, which... I've heard they provide great advice as well. For, yeah, I mean, they do yeah. the, the whole shebang. They advise yeah. on anything from insurance to... I've heard really whatever. good things about them. So yeah. a friend of mine's just come into a, like a big amount of money. Mm. Um, big, I mean, 400K, uh, you know, it doesn't... He's been, he's really interested in exploring. Mm. He knows nothing about finance. He's, he doesn't work in this Wait, industry I hope he's all. listening. Yes, I, th I believe he is, and good. I think he may even join us at some point. Good. So, Very good. Um, yeah, but he, he mentioned the I'm going to say Fauci or the yeah, VZ because I can't say the other term. But, 
But um, he, they really talked to him. They sat him down and, you know, they talked to him about his options and he was really impressed. So I know on his side, he's looking both at Swissquote to do his own, still concerning if you want to, you know, throw 400k mm. at this. Um, but yeah, he was really I mean, impressed. Uh, after 10 episodes, he should be able to manage. So it's okay. So yeah, that's it. Um, they offer you to do the whole thing yourself. Um, they allow you to build like your own ETF portfolio. Um, super easy and also attractive rates. And then the last one I kind of is that is I, I used, I mean, I still have an account there. Um, I don't use them anymore. I don't know why, but they're, they're actually like the super cheap discount broker, which is available in Switzerland. They're not a Swiss but bank. It's cheaper than Swissquote. It's much cheaper wow. than Swissquote. I mean, Swissquote is pretty cheap when you yeah, look at the cost for true wealth. But I mean, this one is even cheaper. Okay, so it's, wow. it's a De Giro, De Giro, De Giro. I don't know how you, I mean, you spell yeah. it D-E-G-I-R-O. Um, the Giro is super cheap. Um, it's uh, I think it's it's in Netherlands. It's based in Netherlands. I mean, they even offer you free ETF trading. You do so. This is like the Robin Hood of Switzerland, pretty much. No, um, because they're not in Switzerland. Because they're in Netherlands. But um, you can but, use it here. But you, <laughs> you can, can. You can. Yeah. Swiss, not Swiss-based company, but they allow for Swiss investors. So yeah, well, like, you were basically you're opening as a Swiss person. You're opening an account in the Netherlands. Okay. I mean, uh, people. I was sort of looking for this before I learned yeah. about Swissquote because Robin Hood's sort of the craze. You know, they should partner up with Robin Hood or something. And <laughs> in, in saying that, based off what Robin Hood did, the whole GME investors and Wall Street bets, I don't like what they did. So I'm, I'm not. By the that. way, GME is back at three hundred. I know what the fuck. <laughs> what is going on, man? Diamond hands. So it really holds off, you know, but. It, uh, it, it, this is something else, but let's not. I, yeah. I think our listeners are getting exhausted, so I think we have to at some point end this. But too much maybe too. we have to do like a, a special episode in which we just talk about GME, man. Maybe we can get one of the, the Redditors to contribute. Sure. <laughs> anyway, um, so the Giro, the last one, uh, super, super cheap, but be aware you're opening a bank account in. Netherlands. Uh, plus, it's not as easy to get the money in and out because the KYC process, you know, your client process, that's kind of all the information you need to give to your bank to make them aware who you are. Um, that process is kind of super shortened because they only allow you to pay in from a bank account that you inform them about beforehand. And also, if you want to take out the money, you can only put back the money where it came from, basically. So that way they kind of avoid some of the KYC okay. issues. Um, so yeah, just be aware of that if you do that. Um, and also, um, Digiro is uh, lending out your stock if um, that's why it's cheap. Good. These are kind of the, the platforms that are in my mind right now. It was like, Vontobel, they did something. But that's, right? the, that's the robo. Ah, that's the robo. That's the sorry, robo. sorry. Well, that's cool. So and you can also always go to your bank, but just you know, the cost. your bank. No, no, just... don't do that. Use one of these platforms. Join that. Join us on this journey. Okay. Swiss quote, Post Finance, Saxo Bank, uh, Valtzeb Online, Valtzeb Online, and Digiro. Cool. These are kind of the, the first ones um, that pop in my mind. Cool. Um, yeah, but you know, just be aware. <clears throat> you got to be responsible to build your own portfolio, and. You really need to understand how, how you choose those products, no matter on what platform you are. I mean, some platforms help you a little bit, uh, you know, how to build that. 
Um, some UIs are a bit more, a bit easier to understand. You know, for example, uh, the, the example that Orlando gave regarding the, the where it's traded. So look out for that. Um, but yeah, ultimately, if you go the self-directed way, you're responsible to build that portfolio. You're responsible to trade. You know, things can go wrong. There's nobody to blame. Certainly not us. And also not your bank. So it's really, you're on your own. And that's why we're doing this. That's why we want to help you, um, you know, point you in the right direction using platforms like Just ETF to find the right one. I'll build a little bit of a portfolio, diversify across region, across sectors, look out for costs. Um, and yeah. Don't don't go all in. We're only four episodes in as well. And mm. I, you know, I'm taking it slow. I'm 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 being reasonable and I have the support. Well, the market is going up, you have to go I think now. I know, I know, I know, I know. But that's I it's know, not to be um, it's not to be rushed, it's not to be emotional. But at at the same time for me I'm learning, so I think it we take our time and uh, uh and, and, and we'll have opportunities in the future as well. So um yeah, thank you, Santi, so much, man. So much discussed, so much learned. Um we'll be looking at just ETF and building my virtual portfolio and continuing to diversify across equities and bonds and whatever comes in the future. So the next episode, you will, you, so you're going to go through just ETF, you're exactly. going to look for some I'm gonna, I'm gonna things. I'm going to come up with so many questions Good. because I'm going to get so confused. So yeah, we're going to talk about how to choose the right one, what to look out for. And yeah. Cool. Any last words? No, just uh, enjoy this sort of warm weather at the moment and uh, make sure you yeah you're 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 learning along with us and slowly getting getting into action it's gonna be snow again next week ouch all right thanks a lot for listening and uh catch you on the next one see ya Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As always, we ask you to provide us with your valuable feedback and questions. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on the platform of your choice to always get the latest update from our episodes. Thank you. Oh, and one more thing, because financial regulators will ask us to say the following. The content of this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. The opinions, explanations and expressions mentioned in this podcast cannot be considered as financial advice, in particular in tax and legal questions, and thereby it cannot, shall not be seen as guideline for managing your financial assets. Information on past returns is neither a guarantee nor a forecast for future returns. By listening to this podcast, you agree that we shall in no event be liable for any damages or losses arising directly or indirectly from decisions made on the basis of this podcast content. The content of this podcast cannot replace solid financial advice from a regulated institution like a professional wealth manager, a bank or other any advice-based institution. Thank you so much and see you next time.